0: listening to the my pet podcast the show for pet lovers of australia and around the world proudly brought to you by australia's trusted online pet supply store, vet and pet direct hi you're listening to the my pet podcast i'm aria and as always i'm joined by our resident vet dr glenn hello how you going i'm good that is good um so before we get started Just remember this is just general advice for advice specific to you and your dog. Have a chat to your vet. I think that's particularly important. It's important for all of those but particularly important for this one. Yes. Because we're talking about pancreatitis. Um, So this is something that I think it happens a lot and kind of catches people by surprise um, because it's not something that – it's really common knowledge a lot of the time, I it catches think. Catches
1: people by surprise, but vets aren't surprised because we see it all the bloody time, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yes. yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, so, what is a pancreas?
1: Um, really, really important little organ in the body that's got a couple of different really, really important functions. Um, so, um, it is responsible for uh, secreting insulin into the bloodstream, so yeah. the control of blood glucose metabolism. Yeah. Um, and that's its um, endocrine function, um, yeah. its exocrine function, or. Um, uh, releasing digestive enzymes into the top of the gut, basically just just south of the um, the stomach, so it you know, secretes enzymes that uh, digest both, well, all of um, carbohydrates, fat, and proteins. Wow, okay, um, but particularly fats. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, responsible for lots of um, digestive enzyme uh, release. So really, really important on a couple of different fronts. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So not only is it like the the guy that's doing the blood sugar stuff but it yeah. sounds like it does a lot of
1: really really important and unfortunately it's a really fragile little organ that is because of what its functions are um, it's very delicate and um, easy to uh, injure or damage um, in various different ways basically because it's chock-a-block full of digestive enzymes so if it gets um, damaged or there's inflammation there um, which is what pancreatitis is. Yeah. Um, pancreatitis, inflammation of in the pancreas. Um, if it gets damaged, essentially it starts eating itself potentially because oh, the digestive enzymes get into the cells or out of this place within the actual organ where it's supposed to be and um, starts. Digesting itself, literally, um, and wow. that causes more inflammation, and that can have a nasty cascade of effects.
0: That's pretty brutal. Yeah, mm. it really is the unsung hero of Absolutely. the digestive system. Yeah. Um, so pancreatitis is inflammation of the pancreas. Yeah. Um, there, now there are two types, right? So there's chronic and acute. Yes. So broadly. Speaking. Yeah, normally speaking.
1: <laughs> a Little bits of crossover here and there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, acute is when it sort of happens suddenly. So
1: sudden onset all at once. Yeah. Um, so you can have like go from normal to from no clinical symptoms or no. Recognize clinical symptoms um, to a very sick dog, you know, quite quickly, basically. So because it's really important for um, enzyme release, but also um, blood glucose metabolism, if you get inflammation of the pancreas um, and that digestive. Digestion of itself starts happening. I mean, it's very painful. Yeah. Um, you see nausea, um, vomiting often, but not always, but often. Um, yeah, Sick, lethargic dog. Um, sometimes they run temperatures, sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um, certainly off their food as a rule or at least pickier to eat um, and um, intense abdominal pain as a yes. rule. I mean, it all depends on severity, obviously. But if you you know pick up your pet around its belly or squeeze on its belly, um, often it's like rock hard, not because it's – distended but because it's just really painful and they're uh, like guarding their belly yeah. so sort of all those things can add up sometimes to being pancreatitis i mean they can add up to other things unfortunately yeah. as well um but yeah acute pancreatitis is usually you know slightly sick becoming very sick becoming a really really sick dog
0: and what's chronic
1: um what- chronic is just where it's been happening over longer time period and usually to a lesser extent, yeah. um, which means it can be a bit more vague in their symptoms. I mean, uh, some dogs will you know, vomit occasionally and, I mean, dogs eat all sorts of things and is it because they've eaten something that yeah. doesn't agree with them or are they one of these subset of dogs that have got a chronic pancreatitis going on that's low grade that puts them on and off their food and, I mean, there's plenty of like picky dogs. Yeah. Um, so are some of those picky dogs you know, chronic pancreatitis cases potentially. Yep. Um. So again, you know, chronic disease, as with most chronic diseases, is a bit more difficult to pin down. Mm. Um. And diagnosing even acute pancreatitis can be difficult sometimes because there's a number of different factors that we need to look at. Yeah, okay. Um. So, yeah, chronic pancreatitis is probably even more difficult to, to really pin it. Okay, this is a case of chronic pancreatitis.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. What causes it?
1: um again
0: multiple things yeah. <laughs> um i
1: mean the classic main thing that like people think about and talk about is um a, a, a one off fatty meal that the pet's not used to um the, the christmas you know fatty meal um pancreatitis lots of dogs at the vet clinic between christmas and years from eating a fattier meal than normal but that uh, is sort of the most classic case that we think of, it's probably not a large number of cases, as in mm-hmm. it's not probably the most common cause, because mm-hmm. 90% of cases are idiopathic, or that's when vets really don't know what's going on, yeah. um, we just call it idiopathic, because it sounds good. Idiopathic's
0: um, Latin for, I don't know. That's right, basically,
1: <laughs> um, because we, there's a number of potential different causes that feed into it, but but there's no one-off thing that definitely causes it yeah there's certainly medications that can make dogs more prone um, to pancreatitis or, or sometimes cause pancreatitis so um, things like uh, anti epilepsy medications yeah. um, potassium bromide and phenobarbitone um, affects the pancreas and makes it more fragile seems to make um, pancreatitis more likely. Yeah. Um, certainly cortisone, which fortunately doesn't get used as much these days, yeah. but, but pregnancy alone cortisone's, um, very common cause of pancreatitis or makes a dog that's on cortisone long term makes them more likely to get pancreatitis. Yeah. Um, is that because it makes them fat? Maybe, maybe not. Um, because certainly obesity and, and excess body weight, um, is a, a significant risk factor. Um, it, it's not just because they're fat per se, probably. I mean, to get fat, they've had probably lots of food. So yes. it has the pancreas been beaten to death by an excessive nutrient? Uh, uh, requirement for digestion basically so if if there's more food that's going in pancreas got to work harder secrete more enzymes Um, it's got a limited capacity to do that so if there's just too much food going down the hatch all the time the pancreas potentially gets overworked gets stressed gets inflamed that's what pancreatitis is
0: yeah okay Um,
1: and there's yeah there's some we just don't really know why yeah
0: um and are there what are the risk factors is in like are there certain breeds that are more disposed to it
1: a couple of breeds certainly prone on their own. Um, one of the risks is excessive fat in the bloodstream or excess triglycerides. Um, the Schnauzer breed is particularly prone to um, hyperlipemia or, or excess triglycerides in the bloodstream, so okay. that makes them more prone to pancreatitis. Yeah. Um, even at the same like dietary intake as, as other pets. Yeah. Um, a couple of spaniels have got a, a bit of a genetic predisposition, um, but it's. Yes, there's some breeds are more prone. Um, some breeds are more prone to getting fat as well, it seems like Labrador's and Golden Retriever's. We see lots with pancreatitis, probably because 90% of the Labrador and Golden Retriever population is overweight.
0: Because um, they're always hungry. Yes. And they will eat everything.
1: Absolutely. Um, so it's, yes, there are a few breed predispositions, but it's mostly um, fat dogs, but you can see normal. Normal-weighted dogs and get pancreatitis as well, but but being fat is certainly a risk factor. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What should people look out for as warning signs of pancreatitis?
1: I mean, any sick dog <laughs> could have pancreatitis because it's it's a bit non-specific. I mean, gastrointestinal upset. Any time a dog has got gastrointestinal upset, um, particularly vomiting, but occasionally they get diarrhea as well um, so unless ruled out otherwise I mean a lot of the time if you've got a, a dog with a gastrointestinal upset pancreatitis is one of the things to rule in or out because mm-hmm. um, aggressive early treatment of acute pancreatitis is really important mm-hmm. um, because it's it's pretty nasty stuff um, so getting those diagnostics in place which is not necessarily that easy um, is really important to to differentiate it between just normal, normal vomiting or normal diarrhea or um, food indiscretion, um, yeah. eating a bit of rotten muck and that sort of thing. Um, because if you've got pancreatitis, um, you need to treat it as soon as possible because you want to stop it getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean,. Yeah, gastrointestinal upset signs, certainly um, painful abdomen, like tense abdomen, um, uncomfortable around the belly. Um, but realistically, if your dog's really, really flat and really, really sick, I mean, it still could be pancreatitis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But at that point, it's just go to the vet. Get your vet, get a yeah. diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. If, if yeah. you've got vomiting and, and lethargy, yeah. that's vet time. That's right. Uh, what does treatment look like? Yep. And then also, like with pancreatitis, I think the bigger part for pet owners is – the management
1: of yeah. it, yeah. So I mean, term. acutely like treatment straight up, it's pretty much symptomatic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and 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 supportive, um, and that can be fairly intensive support. So I mean, um, diagnostically to see have they got pancreatitis, um, your vet's going to take bloods, may um, I may mean, ultrasound. I mean, the the best way to diagnose um, pancreatitis, and it's complicated because you can have. Uh, pancreatic enzyme level elevations on blood tests so we're looking for amylase and lipase so the two enzymes that are primarily um, secreted by the pancreas if you've got a damaged pancreas those cells leak those enzymes into the bloodstream so we can we can detect them Um, so the fact you've got elevations of those probably means you've got pancreatitis but doesn't definitely mean you've got pancreatitis Um, and if they're normal it probably means you haven't got pancreatitis but doesn't necessarily mean you you haven't got pancreatitis um the the most diagnostic thing is to ultrasound the pancreas and have a look at it and is it um puffy and swollen and and does it look like a dog that's got pancreatitis and that's really good for diagnosing acute pancreatitis um less good for lower grade less inflamed pancreas which is what happens with with chronic pancreatitis yeah Um, there's a um immunological um, test that you can do on bloods, which is a newer test, um, which is maybe more specific um, for um, pancreatic lipase, um, which is one of the the tests um, for longer-term pancreatitis and and acute pancreatitis as well. So it's usually a combination of things and clinical signs as well um, that your vet goes for and ruling out other things realistically because, I mean, you can have um, a gallbladder obstruction and because it's really close to the pancreas, you'll have pancreatic inflammation that goes along with gallbladder out of troubles. Um, So, yeah, there's a number of diagnostic things which you don't have to worry about because that's your vet's problem.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Until until they invent, like, the machine from Star Trek where you just put the in there and it scans and tells you what's wrong. Comes up with
1: a one-word diagnosis. Yeah.
0: Until, again, unfortunately we don't have those. Not quite yet. Um, But management – Long-term, yeah. what does that look like?
1: Um, management long-term, you just need to um, try and reduce the stress on the pancreas when we're treating them in the hospital. like Acutely, it's intravenous fluids and pain relief is a really big part of it because um, there seems to be this escalation of, of the more pain they're in, the more um, stressed they become and the more the pancreas gets inflamed. So yeah. it's a pain relief. Sometimes it's antibiotics. I mean, pancreatitis isn't usually a primary infection. Yeah, like, okay. It's usually not bacteria that's the primary cause of the problem, yeah. um, you can get bacterial pancreatitis um, and that can be really nasty and occasionally they go to the pancreatic abscesses and you need it like, becomes oh, a surgical problem um, and you don't want really have to do surgery on the pancreas because it's such a little susceptible organ to damage anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, initially that treatment is um, aggressive IV fluids and, and um, maintenance of electrolyte balances and that sort of thing because they can get really sick and get arrhythmias and cardiac abnormalities and and, really nasty stuff um, when they're sick. Um, Early nutrition is important. Um, Obviously, anti-nausea, because they're feeling sick, you want to suppress vomiting. Yeah. You want um, a little trickle of food going through the gut because it's not just – starve them and keep them off food because, okay, yes, you will rest the pancreas by not giving them food, but all the little enterocytes, the little cells that line the gut, we know now that they need food Mm. as often as possible. So a lot of these dogs will get nasogastric tubes, so you're just trickling a little bit of food through all Mm. the time. Um, And um, post-pancreatitis in hospital, so when they go home, um, the frequency of feeding is really important. So you want to give them you know, multiple, like, Ideally, six or ten meals a day. Um, so there's not a one off big stress on the pancreas. Like yep. there's just a little trickle of food going through all the time. Um, and the food needs to be easily, easily digestible um, and preferably, certainly low in fat, um, at least initially um, low, low in fat.
0: A slow feeder is good for these?
1: Um, it could be, yep, um, just to, to slow down. But I mean, really, it's okay. Slow feeder probably makes them get some thirty seconds of food to ten minutes of food, but it's really just like a slow trickle as in, you know, a little bit this hour. Yeah. And then two hours later. And then two hours later just so it's not a, a big stress on the pancreas all the months. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so once the once the pet's coming home yep. from the vet, um, what what are the management options look like at home? So I know there's things like, um diet, obviously, but it's also, um, it's not just the type of food. There's also other factors involved. So yep. what, what should people be doing? Obviously, following your vet's advice, first and foremost. Yeah. And that's,
1: I mean, critically important because um, you and your vet have got to be on the same page yes. basically about what's going on. But um, you will likely be advised by your vet um, to have a quite a consistent diet. Um, so as few dietary changes as possible, at least initially. Um, a quite a low-fat diet makes sense. I mean, chicken and rice used to be the sort of standard um Um, protocol. I mean, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of that. Mm. Um, because if your dog doesn't go well on chicken or giving a chicken rice probably doesn't make much sense and
0: it's also not balanced
1: correct yeah and it's not a, you know it's not a balanced diet long term a couple of days um post potentially but um you certainly want a lower fat diet so whether that's a um, prescription diet like the gastrointestinal low fats that are designed for dogs that have got pancreatic troubles mm. um, and that can be a balanced diet potentially long term or do you feed that for a month or so wait till the pancreas has um, settled down as much as possible and then slowly transition back onto um, the diet that you wish to feed them that is still probably going to be certainly not a high-fat diet. Mm. It, in my opinion, probably doesn't need to be a ultra-low-fat diet for the rest of the pet's life, um, but it needs to be a moderate-fat diet um, and something that causes as little inflammation as possible yeah. um, is important. Integrated um, vets will talk about um, reducing the amount of inflammatory Stuff in their yeah. food. So, um, you know, I'm an advocate of a raw food diet, um, that's balanced. Um, I think can be a good way to go, but you're not going to go for a, you know, a high fat yeah. raw food diet. So really it's just, um, pick a diet that's a moderate fat, do it consistently. I mean, realistically, if fat dogs is a major risk factor, obviously feeding an amount that is um, compatible with having a healthy-weighted dog, not a fat dog. Yeah. Um, that will certainly be a benefit. And long-term, I mean, my pancreatitis dogs get recommendations for um, a long-term enzyme support, so okay. probiotic, prebiotic, um, and digestive enzymes mixed in with their food to try and ease that stress on the pancreas. And it just yeah. makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's that's yeah. really cool. Probiotics are great.
1: Just yeah, so yeah. good for everything. And yeah, I mean, we. We don't know everything about pancreatitis and, and there's a train of thought that, okay, is a lot of these idiopathic pancreatitis cases is that um, a low grade of inflammation um, in the gut. And it's a, it's going to be a combination of things. So um, where the pancreas empties out into the top of the intestine, the little papilla that's there, like the little duct where it where it empties out. If you've got low grade gut inflammation and that little papilla's inflamed, mm. the pancreas doesn't drain
0: Properly, so
1: there's a little bit of backflow of pancreatic juice in the pancreas. Is, is that making this inflammation at the start? And is this this cascade of yeah. events? So um, having the right. Uh, balance of bacteria in the gut definitely makes sense yeah. um, because if you've got the right balance of bacteria, you've got um, less leaky gut and, and less inflammation at the the mucosal level. Yeah. And is that potentially the start of a lot of these problems? I mean, the research is ongoing and it's it's pointing more in that direction, but it's not definitive yet. Yeah.
0: yeah. What about feeding frequency?
1: Um, if you've got a pancreatitis dog, again, close to the, the bout, multiple times a day certainly, I'm a big fan of twice a day um, feeding as opposed to once a day. Um, It would be stepping down from that, you know, multiple, you know, six to ten meals a day, certainly back to, you know, three meals a day makes sense for a while. Okay for okay on that. Go back to twice a day. I wouldn't go any less than twice a day probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, like, is things like slow feeders good?
1: Um, Slow feeders, I mean, it slows down that big hit of food, so it it makes sense. And then, um, I mean, Treat selection probably comes yes. comes into it as well.
0: That is one I get asked by clients and customers all the time. Yeah. What treats can I have? What treat, not treats, can I have? We don't sell human treats. <laughs> um, what treats can their pancreatic dog have? I get asked that all the time. Yeah. I
1: mean, and again, be guided by your vet. But for me, I mean, a, a high fat treat. Doesn't make much sense. I mean, a um, fatty raw meaty bone probably doesn't make sense for most pancreatitis cases. The classic marrow bone, which I don't recommend anyway, but just, there's you know there's half a cup of fat in that sawn in half marrow bone. That's not a good idea. Um, but I mean, most of your um, liver treats and dried jerky style treats are, are pretty low fat mm. inherently. So I mean, they would be you know fine as a treat selection. Um, some of the dried um, like chicken wing tips and that sort of thing. Okay, they're probably pretty greasy and pretty fatty. Um, yeah. probably doesn't make much sense. Some of the um, uh, fish-dried, um, like shark um, bits and pieces, they're probably reasonably fatty, so that yeah. doesn't make much sense. But you've got lots of choices of lean, you know, meat-based dried treats, um, which which makes sense to me. Yeah.
0: yeah. Is the, the treats that are heavy on carbohydrates, like the biscuits and things – is that also a problem? Because I think people go for them because they're low fat. But yes. then you said before that carbohydrates can play into it. So it gets tricky. It
1: does get tricky and it depends who you listen to. Yeah. Um, the the, um, the main uh, mainstream veterinary science at the moment is um, fat's the main problem. Yeah. Um, Again, uh, integrated vets tend to consider high carbohydrate as, as a significant problem as well. Um, I think it probably makes sense to be in the middle at least. Yeah. Certainly don't feed a high-fat food. I mean, to me, um, a lean um, meat-based treat or a, like a liver-based treat might probably makes sense.
0: What about um, veggies?
1: Um, veggies, absolutely fine as long as they're... Not onions and the things that yeah, are excluded yeah, dog, from dog, dogs, dog's, dog save dogs' veggies. Yeah, <laughs> I mean veggies make sense and fine if you can make them happy treats that your dogs likes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Cool. Now prevention. Yep. Keep your dog less fat.
1: Essentially, keep your dog less fat. Um, <laughs> don't give it large fatty meals. Don't boil snails at night. No, that's not. That's no, they're so fat. cute. Really nice dogs, but you just gotta be. Never, ever, ever ever have a fat schnauzer.
0: And they are prone to it because they're also little hunger monsters. Yeah. They're so cute. That's
1: really, yeah, controlling diet in proportions that keep your dog at a good body mass for its frame is the single most important thing you can do. Yeah.
0: And foods to avoid, like... The ham, what's a, the, the ham skin
1: thing, what's yeah, that part yeah, called? Just the fat of the ham. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, large fatty meals, you know, barbecue of fatty sausages, uh, all the off-cut meats from meal preparation or, or post-meal scraps. I mean, um, if your dog's not used to eating uh, any of that sort of stuff, giving it a heap all at once makes no sense at all. Mm. Um, you know, I'm... My dogs get a fair bit of fat in their diet, but they're used to that and that's what they always get. Um, if your dog's used to eating a kibble based diet, um, and then all of a sudden you, yeah, give them lots of fatty oil or you pour out the grease out of the fry pan or drain the barbecue mm. and the dogs eat half the dirt and all the grease that goes on with it. Um, so there's, you know, there's lots of different fat sources. Um, my dogs have stolen a stick of butter off the kitchen bench um, and eaten that and the foils all shredded up and... Oh, no. we hey, we just eat the stick of butter. We'll keep an eye out for for the next couple of days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, just limiting fatty meals as a one-off is important, but it's certainly not the only uh, risk factor that's going on. Yeah. 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 But not having a fat dog is a good idea for lots of different oh, reasons.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any other advice or things you want to touch on for people with pancreatic dogs? No,
1: I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, it's just um, dietary control is really important um, and being in tune with your dog. If your dog's sick, take it to your vet, find out what's going on. And get a plan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, good luck. I hope that if you're watching this, it's not because you have a pancreatic puppy, but because you're trying to prevent it. But if you do have a pancreatic puppy, um, all the best (laughs) in the recovery and their management. Um, We sell lots of treats that would be, possibly suitable um and we also have private probiotics and all sorts of things so um yeah have a chat to your vet obviously and see what's suitable and um we probably have lots of stuff that will be suitable um and um good luck thanks guys thanks bye